Oh, thank you. Welcome to our second Sunday of Glee. Are you ready to shine? Are you really ready to shine? You've got to be awake for that, you know. You know, if someone sends you a pair of high heels that are silver and glittery, are you ready to put them on? You know? What if they come from someone that you're suspicious of, that you're not sure has your welfare? Are you going to slip those things on and go out there and perform? Are you really, really ready to shine? You know, wonderful part of these characters in this story is being challenged to do that which they haven't done before, which we are always challenged in our faith to continue to do something we haven't done before, to know who we are more fully, to be whole with who we are. And where we are in this story is kind of a fun place because the New Directions crew is still learning what it means to be a community. You know, as old as we get, we still learn it every day. We kind of get better at it every decade, or sometimes we don't. And we have to relearn the same lessons over again as we go through the steps one more time. But if you're ready to, be, if you're ready to shine, if you're ready to be that star that God says you are, fearfully and wonderfully made, knitted in your mother's womb, I saw you. I know the days of your life from the psalm. If you're ready to be that kind of shining, that kind of... So I want to show you what it looks like, because look at this picture. This is what it looks like when you put on the high heels, when you get out there and you perform, and all, all of the time for the first time in her life, who she is, throwing her arms up in the air, singing, I could put on these boogie shoes, and the audience applauds. What does it mean to really be who you are? and to just shine as God has made you, fearfully and wonderfully made. To know that wherever you run, however far you get away, it's still going to be you. And God's going to still be there. And God's going to say, are you ready? Are you ready now? Slip on those shoes. I'm with you. Let's go ahead and shine. Let's go ahead and shine. Boy. I don't know about you, but I can't imagine myself on the stage, huh? <laughs> you know? Are we ready to shine? All of us are ministers at this church. All of us, God has fearfully and wonderfully made. All of us have that part of ourselves we need to slip into so that we are more fully who we are. And being more fully who we are, God, it just smiles and says, look, they get it. This decade, this time around, they got it. This is who I saw. This is who I knew right there in their mother's womb. And God celebrates with us as we do that. So when we embrace those parts of ourselves, it still means we're learning. It still means we're growing. It still means new challenges are ahead of us. And as we talk about communities, the same thing is true for them. They have beginning stages and middle stages and stages where they've kind of got it a little bit and they do a little bit better with their relationships with one another. They don't always stay there because you can always slip, right? Okay, and relearn the lessons you need to learn again. Well, I want to put up one model of learning to be a community by Scott Peck from a different drum. And he says there's really four stages that communities go through to get where they need to be. And the first stage we talked about last week, pseudo-community where you really don't know each other well enough yet. So everyone is just beautiful. Everyone is just like you and thinks like you. They must always eat the same kind of food and say the same kind of grace, you know, and they all make up their beds in the morning, you know. 
so you don't know each other well enough. So there's this sort of pseudo-community or harmony that's not based on anything real. It's just based on the fact that we don't know each other yet. You know, whether we like the Baptist songs better than the Roman Catholic songs, right? Or whether we like the Teze music better than the praise music, or however that goes. We don't know each other well enough yet. We're just happy. We're just happy in pseudo-community. Then we start to find out who each other is and are and are maybe called to be. You know, sometimes what's frustrating, you get to know who someone is and then they go and change on you and you have to keep up with them, you know, and allow that to happen. It can be pretty chaotic. And lots of times you struggle for whose music is the better music, for whose way is the right way, because we still are entrenched in our own and we think our way is the way we need to be. And so this chaos ensues as people struggle with what needs to be as they try and form family and community together. And you know what? The chaos is better than the pretend, okay? Because it's a step forward. So even if it feels like conflict and it's uncomfortable, it feels like chaos, it's better than pretending that there's no differences because there's some honesty. And I believe the honesty trumps whatever that harmony was, that the honesty trumps harmony. And so you get into that chaos for a period of time. Yeah. And then after a while, all these competing wants and desires kind of merge together. And, and sometimes people say, well, what the heck are we going to do? And it just feels empty. It feels like there's not a way out. That's when you have to watch out. Because that's when you start to run from God. That's when you start to run someplace and try to organize it better. That's where you run someplace and try to smooth, calm on the waters. What really needs to happen is the waters need to erupt. That's what happens in this empty place. That then, if you sit in it, though, and you listen for God, who's going to be right there with you because you can't run away from God, God will help usher you into what it means to listen to one another and to be community together. So, so Scott Peck has put this wonderful little model together of what faith communities and families can go through and re-go through, and re-go through. And what's happening in the storyline in Glee is that this little club is going through this stuff. First, they just liked everyone just fine because the enemy was Sue, and they could all huddle together and stay together because Sue was the power out there, and if they could be against her, then they were fine. Then what they discover is that more than one of them wants to be the diva. More than one of them wants the spotlight. More than one of them thinks they know how to operate the club better than the other, and they have to go through these competing moments of times and the auditions that they do with one another. If you've seen the show, there's this wonderful episode where the two main divas, Kurt and Rachel, Kurt is Michael, and Ra Kurt and Rachel. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so so they, they do a diva off, and they sing Defying Gravity. You know, and so whoever, whoever wins Defying Gravity is going to get to be the soloist in the competition coming up. And, and it's just this wonderful moment of coming to terms with the fact that we both won it, and we can both compete, and we can both still, at the point in time, not like each other, but then like each other again as we admit what's going on and continue to go further. It's a wonderful moment. Man, sometimes we just need some diva-offs, you know? And we can come together afterwards and do that to work through some of the chaos and recognize it, name it out there just for everyone to know. Wonderful moment in the show. So as the show moves on and they're in this place of time where they keep trying to figure out how to be a community themselves, 
Another thing that communities have a challenge with, particularly in these moments of chaos, is how do they continue to keep the doors open and welcome other people? How do they continue to not close off, to say everything is right here, our little tempest in a teapot, and shut the doors so that others don't find their way in? Have you been in groups like that before? Have you been in those places where we're just fine right the way we are? Don't let anyone else in those doors. They might mess it up. We've got this tender, little, harmonious little community that we don't want to mess up. I felt that way when Walter wanted to add a new dog into our house. <laughs> Things are going just fine right now. I'll tell you what, we have a new dog. <laughs> and things are still going just fine. But what does it mean to try and keep the doors open? To realize that someone else might need to find exactly what it is you found. That's what is a challenge for communities that like each other enough and start to fight a little and squabble a little and become their own family, is to really continue to look beyond themselves, to let others in. In the story, in this glee club, they've been going through that, but then there's this character who they know is Wade, who's having a hard time at another school. And so what, he, what they get for him is a gift of these high heels, silver shoes, because they know Wade has another part of Wade's self, and that part is unique. And they've also heard Wade say to them that unique is the better part of herself. And so they give him those shoes, and Wade emerges on stage, shining like a star, more fully who she is, and the story continues after that because it was easy to go and help a competitor feel better, but then Unique goes and changes schools and shows up in your choir rehearsal. And so all of a sudden, what have we got? Another diva. More chances to have more diva offs. Will we be welcoming? Will we let this newcomer into the community in the same way we were invited in? Will we let them receive what we receive? Will we be the beggar that we talk about who knows where to go find crumbs at the table to talk about our faith and invite others to come and have the crumbs with us? And they do. They invite Unique to come be one of the divas with them. It's not easy, but it's part of their journey. And Unique has to, within herself, own more of who she is. I want you to hear part of this journey because there's a moment in time when there's an audition up. And this is where the conflicts usually happen. There's an audition up and there's a role that Unique knows she was meant to play. But she doesn't think she'll get it because it's a girl's role. And so, watch. Hey, I came to talk to you about the play. I get it. I heard about Coach Sylvester's meltdown. I want to offer you the part. But what about Coach Sue? Well, Coach Sue isn't directing the play. I am. So now all you got to worry about is getting a curly wig and learning the words to the worst things I could do. And I'll take care of Coach Sue or anybody else who might try and stop us. Unique knows the song and has the wig. Good. You okay? I don't feel right in the men's locker room, but I can't go into the girls. 
and I don't feel right in men's clothing, but I can't wear dresses every day. It sucks to never know your place. It's just nice for once to feel like I found one. Yeah, it is. Well, uh, before I post the cast list, I just need to know that you're ready for this. Because there's going to be a lot of heat on you. And like I said, I can shield you from some of it, but at the end of the day, you're going to be the one out on that stage. Dreams aren't free. What does it feel like the first time you were seen? The first time someone listened to you and you were seen. Later in that episode, the song that Lady sang for us, Unique Sings, in the boy clothes, If I Were a Boy. It changes the words just that bit, but I'm not. But if I were a boy but I'm not. What does it mean to be seen? Through all the competition, through all the chaos, through all the shuffling around, around who gets what part, and where we all are, right in the midst of it, to be seen. And to get the role that you were destined for, because God formed you in that womb, and you have had that role your whole life. God's just waiting for you to step out and take it and to shine as God sees you. So is Unique ready for the challenge? She's asked. Dreams aren't free. It's a response. Dreams aren't free. So sometimes we think that we can make a geographic shift and everything will change. Unique change schools. But even in this new school, where it's not quite the war zone of the old school, which was pretty military-like when they were forcing their choir rehearsals. If you can imagine a military-like choir rehearsal. No? Okay. <laughs> Escapes from that sort of competitive preparation and finds some relief from that. But in the new place, has to watch out because still, there are bullies at McKinley. There are people that won't like who Unique knows herself to be and how God created her and wonderfully and fearfully made her. You may have experienced that in your own life and wondered, can I put on those high heel shoes? Can I be who God made me? Can I? Freedom isn't just free. Dreams have a cost to them, but they also have a wonderful place of having God show up right there in the midst of you acting out upon your dreams. And so sometimes, though, people want to thwart us from those dreams, even when it's the role we are meant to play. See what happens next. You wanted to see me? Finn Hudson. This is Rob and Betty Adams. I took the liberty of calling them to congratulate them on their son landing the big role of Rizzo in Greece. And lo and behold, 
It was the first they'd heard of it. Look, ever since Wade was a little boy, we knew that he was different. Most little boys don't want to dress as Shirley Hemphill for Halloween. I, I mean, it's just so specific. When Wade performed as a girl at Nationals, we were really proud. But Chicago is a very liberal city. I mean, we live in Ohio, and to be perfectly honest, we're worried about Wade's safety. I think you're overreacting. Are we? Well, I've personally seen you physically assaulted in the hallway. This concerns me. Wait, is that true? Ooh, put some pants on, Monique. We're pulling Wade out of the play. And we're asking Wade not to dress like a girl during school hours. Once he gets home, he can be whoever he wants to be. Wade Adams, you can return to your sewing exam in home act. Sometimes people think they know how to love us. And even those that have offered us some safety and some security think they know what's best for us. We have to keep coming back to that place of knowing that God is calling us into the role we are meant to play. Even when those around us can't hear the voice for us, we have to take the steps ourselves. Ultimately, Unique goes on to be unique and sings the songs that she was meant to play and the role that she's meant to play. Of course, that's a sitcom. How many of us step out that little bit on our dream, take that first moment of putting on those high heel shoes, and then someone says something to us, just a little something, and they say they're doing it because they love us. And in that place, we sacrifice our wholeness. We sacrifice how God has made us and who God calls us to be. Perhaps you've had that experience more than once. So, we go to the psalm. Wherever you run, even back into what was yesterday, God's going to be there with you. Wherever you try and hide, God's going to say, I know who you are, fearfully and wonderfully made, and I keep asking you to step into the role you are meant to play. I keep asking you to step right into the role you are meant to play. And Resurrection Church, we have a role to play. We have a role as the people of faith to play, to play in healing and being a community for more beyond these walls. We have a role to play not only in transforming ourselves, but in transforming others. We have a faithful role to play as we listen to what God's saying to us, as we experience the love of Christ in our hearts and in our lives. We have a role to play. And so we do some things. We do lock-ins with teenagers so they have a different experience. And we start today our school drive for Sinclair Elementary. And so for the next two Sundays, we want you to bring forward supplies for the students so that they have what they need because not every student has what they need when they come to school. And we do this every year and have a wonderful, wonderful success at it. We do more than anyone else. And so next week, we invite you to bring some of these supplies with you. It'll be in the mobilizer, composition books, dry erase markers, Crayola markers, and pencils are very specific. So we don't want you to bring glue. Okay, we don't want you to bring scissors. We want you to bring composition books, dry erase markers, 
Crayola markers and pencils, because that's what the school needs. And so that's one of the things we do locally. We host a place for teenagers in the activities building. We bring supplies to the school. But something has been revealed that's even more of a crisis right now in our world. We have busloads of kids showing up at our border. You know, we just have them. It's revealing. It's revealing various kinds of communities. It's revealing someone maybe trying to relocate because of the violence and the war that they've experienced. And finding that relocation doesn't just solve the problem. That there's problems when they try and make a home in this new place. And we're looking at unaccompanied kids who've been abused, sometimes even as sex workers, who are trying to find a way to just breathe and live. And they come to our border because they believe it might be safer. And then they discover we have a few of our own bullies. You know, and that making a move doesn't just solve everything. And so resurrection, I don't know the answer to this. What I know is that what it reveals. What it reveals is within this larger world community, we're in a place of chaos. And we haven't been able to listen yet to a place where we can find God with this in this, God asking us to be a different kind of people so that this just doesn't happen again. And so that no one says, kids, we don't have a place for you. But you know, it's still chaos right now. So I want you to lift it up in prayers with me and we hope that we'll have some actions for you later as things emerge. Catholic Charities is the local nonprofit that is assisting with um, finding people mentors and homes. They need bilingual speaking persons to be able to help mentor some of these children that come from the Honduras, from El Salvador, from places that have been pretty harsh. And if you're one of those people, and if you're willing to say, I can be who I am in this place where they may not like me because I have something to offer a kid in need, then we invite you to approach Reverend Michael or me, and we'll be able to try to find a way for you to assist. Uh, in this humanitarian crisis that we exist right now. You may have seen the letter put out by our moderator, Nancy Wilson. If you did read it once or just click delete on it, I invite you to go and read Nancy's letter again about how do we respond at this time in our world. How do we as Resurrection Church engage Catholic charities that hasn't had nice things to say about LGBT people in order to work through the chaos to get to a place where we can listen to God into a new world. Tell you what, that's slipping on some high heel slippers. <laughs> Silvery, glittery, sparkly, and asking God to be right there with us. In Christ's name, amen. <laughs>